ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. We are glad to be with you this morning. This is a coffee morning. We are feeling our oats already and it's early, but uh, we're glad to be here. We are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind here on the podcast. We don't quite have our red lipstick on yet. We also are not dressed in any denim jumpers. We have our milking clothes on. That's right. Both Some of us. of us don't have any coffee. I yeah. need to send a text message. Yes. I'll meet you to record after milking. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. We good? had a good milking. Um, good. Yeah. Fabulous. Good. Fabulous. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I am your host, Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead, and I am joined by my co-host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and we are homemaker chic and today we're going to be talking to you about something that i think is on the forefront of a lot of people's minds seriously (laughs) we have a lot to talk about today we're going to be talking about homeschooling we get a lot of emails a lot of messages about homeschooling most of them are in all caps tell me what to do Right. Did we mention we get a lot? Yes. Uh, So today's podcast is called So You're Now a Homeschooler. And a lot of people are finding themselves in this situation. So we're going to dive into that. But first. But first. Today's show is brought to you by our Amazon link. (laughs) We also get a lot of questions about Amazon. And where to find the books that we talk about, where to find some of the items that we talk about. So we're always talking about better, not more. So we're not saying go to Amazon and buy a bunch of needless garbage. But a lot of you do ask how you can support the show and be a part of the show. And you can do that by using our Amazon link, which is on the show notes, wherever you're listening. And the easiest way to find the show notes is when you visit homemakerchicpodcast.com. All the episodes are there. And all the show notes are there. So whether it's kitty litter or pre-sharpened pencils. Why would you buy anything else? (laughs) Why would you buy anything else? For the homeschool year, visit homemakerchicpodcast.com. Use our Amazon link. You can find it in the show notes. And what you guys are going to do is you're going to help us because we can sort of get Amazon's attention when you shop our Amazon link and then they will let us open an Amazon store. Mm-hmm. And that means that everything we reference on this show will be right there on the screen for you and you won't have to hunt it down on Amazon. It'll be so, so much easier mm-hmm. in advance for using the Homemaker Chic Amazon link. Yes. And we get to roll out something new. Usually we wait till the next season, which, by the way, Angela, is so we've got next week's episodes Then Mm -hmm. we'll have our two week break and then it'll be season three, which is crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I'm going to tell you guys that so you can mentally prepare for the two week break. I'm sure you're going to be fine. Usually you'll be prepping for homeschool. (laughs) That's right. You'll be plenty busy. That's right. Um, So instead of our love comment, we talked about how we're going to be replacing that with something fun and helpful for you. So we're going to be replacing that with some sort of quick tip that we can offer you for your home in true homemaker fashion. So, well, they got the bonus. The bonus tip was pre-sharpened pencils. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, but now give them the real homemaker <laughs> All right. Tip. All right. <laughs> this is when I sat down to do this. This was the very first thing that came to my mind because my grandmas both died when I was six. So I remember mm. very little about them. And my mom was younger than me when she lost her mom which is horrible to think about. And so whenever she gives me a little quip that my grandma shared, you know, something to grab onto, I always really hold it towards my heart. So my grandma instructed my mom, who told me in keeping a home, that when you walk from one room to the other, you should always take something with you. So do a quick look around and, okay, grab the husband's shoes. And that was just, Stuart, don't take that personally. It could have been anybody's shoes. Grab your husband's shoes if you're walking from the kitchen to the bedroom. Joel can take it personally. (laughs) Never go into a room empty handed because it kind of creates this small habit of just sort of putting things away as you go. And it really does help that massive end of the day. Like, holy crap, what is all this stuff? How did it get here? Seriously. Um, Yeah. So like if you're going down the laundry room, just okay, take a second. 
grab a few things that need to go down there with you. Um, it's good. Yeah. I tell this, my kids the same thing. Don't leave a room empty handed. Mm-hmm. And or my Gosh, biggest sorry. pet peeve. Coffee mug into the mic. Walk whack. over. <laughs> whack. Don't step over the things that mom has put on the stairs. That's like a little neon billboard that yeah. mom has made. Yes. Here's put something for you to put away. Put me away. See this truck? See these socks? Yep. See this book? I've set it on the stairs. Yep. Not so you can walk past it 80 mm-hmm. times a day. Mm-hmm. No empty but hands. So you can take it up. No empty Move hands. Move the stuff around. All right. Well, now that our houses are semi-clean, let's cue the wine music. Let's pour a glass of wine. Well, no, we're not going to do that. 923 in the morning. <laughs> picked a special one out so Mondays through Wednesdays are like survival days you know they're just full on like 60 miles an hour I'm not gonna say it I saw what you were gonna say (laughs) we'll put it in the show notes (laughs) um Thursdays I sort of like to dial it back a little bit Mm -hmm. and sink a little bit more into the home step away from work a little bit take things a little bit slower so I pulled out some lamb sirloin steaks for tonight for dinner and I've pulled out this beautiful wine to have alongside them so today's what we're sipping segment is brought to you by of course dry farm wines dry farms is an online wine subscription program so this is the way that we get wine without having to go to the store in a scuba suit right now that's, in our goggles. that's what's coming up next <laughs> so this is our online wine subscription and they send you can do three or six or 12 bottles a month um, but they are organic naturally and traditionally made small batch wines the wines are amazing they really do expand your palate they get you you go into this entirely new wine world and this is a bottle I've never had before from Dry Farms, even though I've been a customer for years. They still surprise me. You're going to love this one because it's French. It's this, can you see, it's this sexy black bottle here with gold Ooh. writing on it. I've never had that Let one. me butcher this French for you. Vive d'amour. Vive d'amour. Yeah. Vive d'amour. Um, and then underneath it, and it says, and, would you say E? E. How would you say and? Where? How oh, do you say and? Vivre et d'eau fraîche. d'eau fraîche. Which I, I Google translated it. and it means to live on love and water. Okay. So I, I'm, it kind of took from the meaning like it's the simple things. Like you just need a few mm-hmm. things. Love and water. The funny thing about this wine though is if you turn it over, it says the frost was hard on our vineyard. And as it cannot live on love alone... <laughs> <laughs> we maintained our balance with the grapes from winemakers elsewhere. <laughs> so they sounds like they called in some favors to some favors to some neighbors and got some some grapes. But this is a red blend. Obviously, it's from France, which you could tell by my amazing uh, language there. Um, and it's made by these two brothers. So Bertrand and Vincent Marchesso. Uh, did really well on that. Um, you did so good. Thank you. Thank you very <laughs> I'm much. Sh- I'm sure he loves to be called Bertrand. <laughs> Is that what I said? How do you say it? Bertrand. I, if, if I was going to try that, I would say Bertrand et Vincent Marchessault. Whatever. Bertrand. My French is out of practice since the summer. We have not been doing our French. So... It's great. Anyway, these two brothers make it, you know, they've got their roles and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I looked up reviews. It said it's really, really good. So you haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet. It's for tonight with our lamb steaks. Okay. So- I had one over the weekend uh, last weekend that was so good. And I'm keeping that in my back pocket for our wine segment next week. I can't wait to tell you about it. Okay. I hope um, I have But it. I do love what you said about it calling in a favor because that's. For the grapes. That's yeah. sort of what you and I were talking about the other day in our gardens, like just being so grateful for community. If something's a bust. Yes. Being able to pick up the phone and call some a like minded farmer mm-hmm. and say, help. Mm-hmm. Moi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, we get asked a lot like when we've had 
articles or like people approach us about X, Y, Z. They're like, well, we want to, we want to really expose like the self-sufficient life. And we want to focus on, you know, how you guys have become self-sufficient. I'm like, no, 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 heck no. (laughs) First, we're not even close. And second, that's not even the goal. Like that's not what we're working towards at all. So when my chickens got into all my heirloom tomatoes, I could call Deb and be like, hey, Deb, you got some tomatoes for me? And she's quarter Mm -hmm. mile down the road. I would not want it any other way. The self-sufficiency thing that that takes a major community. That's like an Amish community where everyone has a role and we're staying put. Yes. You know, I mean, like we've talked about this before, like we have to get hay. We have to get equipment. Yes. We need need other farmers for our tractor. Like, and we need dry farm come for on. the love. That's right. So do check out our dry farm links um, in the show notes below or just go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic and you can get a bottle with your first order for just a penny. So they're going to keep running that for us, which I'm really excited about. That's fantastic. I know. And yeah. you don't have to go to the store. In your goggles. Seriously. <clears throat> I'm probably not going to do that. Okay. I think I'm going to uh, see if I can find some scary organ music to insert. Okay. Right now. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> um, so you're now a homeschooler. First off, let me preface this by saying I am also a reluctant homeschooler. You guys have heard me share this probably, but Stuart was a teacher at a at a private school And I really looked forward to my children going to that school uh, for years. And um, actually, Georgia did. She went to kinder prep there. And that was it. I got one year. Small taste. Um, But then when he decided to come home and and be with me on the farm, we became homeschoolers. Um, And so we found ourselves very much in the same position that a lot of people are finding themselves in right now. I mean, COVID has blown open homeschooling. Yeah, I think it's pushed people to think. I know it has. It's pushed us all to think about things we've never thought about and to adapt in ways we've never had to adapt. And I've heard like as many as 40%. A 40% increase. Even if it's 25%, that is colossal. Yeah. Uh, Maybe choosing to homeschool this fall. Yeah. I've heard the same. And And it's it's for a variety of, you know, different reasons. Yeah. I was talking to a gal in town the other day and she had written the school explaining why they're not going to come back. And the superintendent or whoever had written her back and it's like, no, but you don't understand. Here's everything we're going to be doing. We're trying to explain how how it's going to be. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I can't do that. We're going to be pumping Clorox through the air filters. Well, that was one of her reasons. She's very uh, naturally minded. And she said, you know, they're very excited about the janitors coming in with the canisters and hosing down the classroom every two hours. She's like, that might be good for some, but it's not good for me. What are those Mm -hmm. chemicals they're going to be using? So I know Mm -hmm. some people are really concerned about like the, the introduction of chemicals and then you have sure. just, I mean, how would, how would you be feeling? I guess if it was yeah. me, I would be really, uh, really concerned about the lack. It seems like it's going to be really challenging for kids to still stay children. That's a big one. You know, that's a big one. Their and innocence. Yeah. And We're going to vive, if you will. Yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about that a little bit later on about the childness of a child. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. um, there's a really great meme that was like, if you think your kid's going to go to school or if you think a child's going to go to school and wear a mask and not like, you know, cut holes where their eyes out, come out and they become this monster. Like you've never met a child. Right. (laughs) And I took Georgia to the dentist. Um, My mom's a hygienist. So my mom was cleaning her teeth and, you know, by halfway through like the mask is like wadded up in her hair like a scrunchie and my mom's like yeah that you know it's not gonna really work but I feel particularly um empathetic to the parents who you know they're doing this like hybrid school where 
half. So they're going at like half, at least this is how they're doing it in Washington, half capacity. So the kids will mm-hmm. go to school for half the time. And then the other half of the time they'll be online and they'll sort of swap out groups so that only half right. of the students are there on any given day. And the reality is we have created a culture and there's a lot here to unpack, but we've created a culture where we need two incomes. All these yeah. parents have committed to work. They've trained for a job. They've mm-hmm. worked their tail off to get in the position. They they have created a life, bought a house, you know, done all the things, the 401k to be in this position, um, assuming that their child will have a place to go. Right. From eight to four every day. And now this like half online, half in person, who's going to be at home with the kids with them while they're on a computer. They're still on a computer for eight hours a day, eight hours a day. And, and those parents are just like, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, so you have all these moms or dads even who they're having to quit their jobs, you know, or, try to find some sort of mother's helper or calling in mm-hmm. grandma. I mean, it is a it's huge. train wreck I, I, for so I, many families. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine the profound amount of stress so many families, mm-hmm. you know, are under in when it comes to this particular subject right now. Yeah. Because like you said, we, our society is primarily based on dual income. Yep. A sick day is hard enough yeah. when, it, when you have a, a child that's down for the count, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good time. I mean, and this isn't what we're going to be talking about today, but it is a good time to just check that. Um, and I know that that's hard and we, we can do a, another episode on that. But, um, you know, when, when I decided to stay home with my children, um, it was a financial bloodbath. <laughs> to, yeah. to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. And it took that shift in my mind to say, yeah, it's going to suck. <laughs> There's nothing good about this other than you being home with your children. Like, keep your eyes on the prize. Right. And, um, you know, that keeping up with the Jones mentality really has caught up with Americans in many ways at many different times. But I think now we're kind of seeing that um, come out. And so if this is the position you find yourself in, just take heart, take heart and know that like, this is an economy. Homeschooling is an economy. We were just talking about this before the show. It doesn't make sense. So you, you look at it and you think, I don't have the time. I don't have the effort or the energy or the knowledge. You know, this is just going to stress me out. Mm -hmm. But then you, and it will, but then it will, but then you do it and you do it you know, to the best of your ability. And somehow you come out of it at the end of the day, so filled and encouraged and loved. And it it doesn't seem like it should work that way, but it does. Mm -hmm. So just, just take heart in that. Um, Because it is a rich, rich blessing. That doesn't mean it's easy (laughs) at all. And it's probably, and I can't, I couldn't say that it was maybe going to feel like a blessing for the first few months. Probably not, you know, but we do. But but you do. You have talked to many people over, you know, this even in the late spring. Yeah. Going into summer that that were homeschooling and they they did have their sort of epiphanal moment. Oh, wow. I really enjoy this. This is hard. Yeah. Now I kind of see why people do this. Yeah. You know, so I would say give yourself a ton of grace. So much grace. To acclimate, especially, and I do, I, it's a heavy heart when you think about like the American family that is looking at education and the financial stress. Yeah. It's a ton. That is just huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is huge. And, you know, unfortunately homeschool families do get the pinch, at least in Washington, they do because we pay taxes for having these children, you know, and schools, Mm -hmm. and then we Mm -hmm. have to buy all our homeschool curriculum out of pocket. So there's no, any form of tax benefit at all. We paid. I know. I said that the other day to a friend, I said, maybe (laughs) now if more people flood, flood into homeschool, we can get a little attention. No, come on. What what do they spend? $35,000 or something for a public school student? Could I have like 
just four hundred dollars. Yeah, I just need to buy some. Uh, just curriculum. a little tax. <laughs> just to buy some curriculum. Yes. I'll give you all the rest of my taxes. Could I just get like a voucher? Seriously. Or Seriously. Man. A little kickback. Um. But let's. Okay. So. So take a deep breath. Take a deep Everybody breath. Just take it. You have our sympathy and our encouragement. Yes. Whatever you brought you this. here. Whatever brought you here. Take a deep so, breath. Let's, yeah. uh, um, okay. let's just talk, I will, let's talk about it. Like, what does it look like? Okay. Well, the best piece of advice I got about homeschooling was actually from my husband after a year of just torture. It wasn't from me? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Though you were a great encouragement to me. Um, but he said you, so I did what most moms I see doing who are new to this do. I panicked. And what I did mm-hmm. is I took an entire room of our house and I converted it to a classroom and I put up stuff on the walls and I, <clears throat> we don't have space for this, mind you. We have no room for a classroom. That, But I, I tried to create the exact classroom environment that I knew and understood in my mm-hmm. house. And so I wanted it to look exactly like a classroom, function exactly like a classroom, feel exactly like a classroom classroom and Stu said you're just doing like a worse version of that (laughs) like you can't create that that's not what homeschooling is homeschooling is not duplicating the the class environment yeah so don't try to do that I don't mean you don't have a space for homeschooling I mean if you are trying to make it look the same and function the same you'll never get that yeah so like let go of that I would say. And if you don't have a space for homeschooling, don't panic. No, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Because we're, we're but yeah. very much in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that I do think that's where a ton of pressure comes in. A, a ton of self-inflicted mm-hmm. pressure on the parent when they, when they try to mimic uh, the homeschool or the uh, conventional school day. Yeah. Start time. Yeah. Routine. Setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how long it takes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all of it. You don't need a 30 foot whiteboard. You know, you like just let go of that for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about this a lot. This may need to be our season three theme. Put your blinders on. <laughs> Put your blinders on. I mean, if if you are really yeah. getting ready to homeschool next year, it's not necessarily going to be helpful for you to look at what everybody else is doing. In fact, I know it's not. And even now, Angela, like you've been at this for a long time, long, much longer than me. Mm-hmm. Even now, like you see what a lot of is going on and you're just like, oh, cut, cut the guard, cut the crap. Like <laughs> too much. It's too much. Yeah. Um, and what others thrive at is not going to be what you thrive at. Right. And so when you see them thriving at maybe something that's not going to be in your wheelhouse, you'll immediately feel inadequate. But you're not. Mm, I, well, I think it's very much like what we we've, we've we've been talking about this a lot the last few episodes, like even just uh, what sort of a position are you in when you even expose yourself to social media just as a woman right. or a homemaker? It's going to be the same thing with homeschooling. So if you are safeguarded in your mindset, yeah. and you can go and you can look at some websites or whatever and get some get some inspiration, yeah. a few nuggets. Yeah. But if you're coming at it from like a place of like raging insecurity, I'm not equipped (laughs) to do this. Oh, my gosh. How am I going to do this? You know, or it's you're two weeks into it. And every day for the those first two weeks has been hellacious because it might be. Yeah. And then you you sign on and you see some Uber mothers, super organized room with labeled bins and all of our children are sitting nicely and clean. You know, nobody's swinging from the chandelier like you probably don't want to. That's like that's where you put your blinders on. Yeah. You know, because um, this happens to me. This is a, a thing for me. Like, I, I really can't look at what other people are doing with homeschool. Yeah. Because I I just start second guessing myself. Am I doing enough? Are, are we on track? It's it, Which is so stupid because I'm actually rather rebellious. I really probably don't care if we're doing enough or if we're on track. I know everything will pan out in the end. But if I go to and expose myself to those things in a vulnerable moment, yeah it's no good no so spiral (laughs) you'll spiral so i think you know the new obviously the new homeschool parent needs some sort of stimulation some sort of input but be be careful Mm -hmm. you know be very careful be very careful Mm -hmm. um 
Well, I, yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I want to mm-hmm. remember something I want to say about that. So a few things to remember. We're not duplicating the classroom environment. And this is a really important one. You're the one in charge. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you are the one in charge. Um, and and we, we don't mean like we're not talking about obedience. Obviously, kids need to obey. We're talking about like, yes, this is your school now. Yeah, it's um, it takes confidence. And that's the one thing that people won't have is they're heading into this, mm-hmm. especially sort of forced in many ways to, to do this. Um, but you're you're the one in charge. And so I think this is important because. Your army of little children will reflect their leader. And so, you know, we talked about putting your blinders on. If you're the one in charge and that that's also you saying, here's what I think is really important for you to learn. And here's how I think it's really important for you to learn this. And that might mean you need to sort of step up your game. Right. You know, so like Mm -hmm. I'm reading my kids history stuff before I'm reading it to them. You know, like, oh, yeah, I need to brush up on this. What was this exactly about? Mm -hmm. Um, And I love your notes here. Like it might mean less Netflix, less entertainment and more filling, filling your mind, your mind. Yep. In the evening. Mm -hmm. It's it's very important. I mean, think about think about the professional teacher like she's Mm -hmm. she's studied. She's yeah, she's up on her game. Yeah. You know, and as the mom or dad, you're going to need to do the same. And staying sort of in that place, that mental space of education, of the beauty of knowledge. And that only happens when you continue to feed your mind as an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, where we often crave at the end of the day to check out and do something mindless. Yeah. You know, there's podcasts and things you can listen to and CDs like to keep, to keep your own mind growing. My sister has said that she's learned so much homeschooling her children. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a whole new education for her. Yeah. Uh, they say in classical conversations, like you're redeeming your education. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of parents, that is true. We don't teach our kids because we know everything. We just know right. how to learn and we just learn it that's, 10 minutes before we teach it to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, that really is, you know, that's the advantage of, of the, of the age difference. Well, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the, the classroom, the teacher and the child, it's like, we, we don't know it all, but we know how to look at it and assimilate it and process it. Yeah. We know how to learn it. We kind of know the value of it. Right. And so we can use that maturity and then impart that well, that on them. And and mm-hmm. for our theme in our in our school here with our children, we have two basically, which is just like uh, fostering this lifelong posture of learning. We're going to learn how to be learners. Because it Mm -hmm. is a skill. So, for example, with math, you'll sit down and do a lesson with your kids and they're going to get frustrated and they're like, I can't do this. This is hard. And you're like, yeah, it is. But you're the student. And and the role of a student is not knowing something and being Mm -hmm. taught something and practicing it and, and grappling with it and wrestling with it and ultimately coming out the other side, having learned that. So you're Right. right. You can't do it. You don't understand it. You don't know it. That's what being in a posture of learning is. And if they can learn that skill, they can learn anything. Mm -hmm. And the second theme that we really drive home with them is you can do hard things. Right. This is hard. Writing an essay for a 14 year old boy is probably really hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Focusing when they want to be outside whittling sticks. That's hard. But you can do hard things. And as long as we sort of keep those postures in place, you know, the day is going to shift and sometimes you're going to make it through more than on other days. And sometimes attitudes are going to be better than on other days. But those are kind of our grounding foundational blocks for going about our homeschool day. Yeah. Are those kind of similar to yours? They are, because I will say to the kids, no, you you don't know how to do this. And that's why we're sitting here. Yeah. You know, this is why we get to do what we do. Right. If you knew, right. you'd be running the house too. Yep. You know, like you're yep. like, exactly. We wouldn't need to do this. This would be redundant. 
So this is kind of a good time to ask yourself, listeners, what's important to our family? Mm-hmm. What can we cut out of our schedule to really make this as effective and efficient as possible? We talked about before, you know, cutting off to one salary for us being a bloodbath. Well, preparing yourself for a homeschool schedule is probably going to feel a little bit like that. Because right. um, you'll find how f- full the days are. And if you if you try to keep doing what you've been doing, it's probably going to be hard. It's probably time to bring out the planner and hack some stuff away. Give yourself mm-hmm. space. Give yourself space to do that. And I think, you know, where small children are involved, uh, having just a routine, an established routine, mm-hmm. you know, the school, but no school bell is going to ring, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're, if you have multiple ages in one room, multiple ages in one house, it's very much like a one room schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different dynamics and that's um, the teacher has a luxury over that, mm-hmm. you know, the conventional teacher, because she's got all one age. Yes, there might be a lot, but um, the mom is still the mom mm-hmm. while she's homeschooling, mm-hmm. you know? So I think just giving your, looking at your schedule and seeing like what fat can be trimmed so I can have more space to homeschool because it is going to take time. Right. But then also, um, being flexible and having more of a routine than a locked in schedule for me as mom, when I get really strict and like, okay, at this time and then at this time, and then at this time, uh, the day just blows up in my face. Yeah. So it's really, it's helpful for me to have kind of buffers around those times. And then what I've put on, you know, like Google sheets or whatever, that's more of an example. Mm -hmm. And this is the routine that we follow during the day. And if some things fall through the cracks, then we know we gave it our best and we we go again the next day. But when you really start getting strict. Rigid. On, um, rigid. Yeah. That's going to be tough. And so, like you're saying, looking at your schedule and yeah. freeing some things up, consolidating, even if it's just something like consolidating errands or having something delivered to the house instead of going to get it or mm-hmm. anything you can do to give a little bit more flexibility because. hmm you'll need it. And initially it's going to, it's going to be challenging mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. It is. You'll, there'll be a little, and you'll get better at yeah. it. Like you will, you'll be more effective three months from now in your school day as you will during the first three weeks, mm-hmm. you know? Well, think about how long we train for a job. Mm-hmm. A long time. And even then right. like kind of six months in, we're like, okay, like I'm confident now, you know, right. I more so understand what's happening on, but, um, Okay, so that's kind of laying the foundation, our posture for going forward into homeschool. Um, But I want to actually get into the functionality of it in terms of like, what are we teaching them? (laughs) Because this is one of the biggest questions that we get and also the least favorite question that we get. And there's Mm -hmm. a reason because we talked about the mom being the one in charge. Right. And what that means is like what I teach my children is going to be different than what Angela teaches hers. And you know, every mom, there's not one mom. I'm sorry. I shouldn't assume it's all going to be moms, but no one does it the same. Right. Not one homeschool family does it the same as another. And there's a reason for that because the parents are the teachers and the family and the home is the classroom. And those don't look the same. So curriculums don't look the same family to family. No. So if you're brand new, there's basically two avenues you could go down. One of them is what you would consider an all-in-one curriculum. That means mm-hmm. like you buy a big bundle of everything and it's going to walk you through grammar and history and reading and foreign language and like it's going to cover everything for you and they've mapped it out, you know, grade 1, grade 2, grade 3. Like yeah. Some people really like this. Um, and then there's more of a pieced together hobbled basket of eclectic different ones. So maybe you're going to take this math curriculum, but you're going to piece it with this English curriculum and you more patchwork it together yourself based on what subjects mm-hmm. you're teaching that year or that season. Um, but even even within that, there's going to be different philosophies. Right. So in <laughs> your in your bundle. Yeah. You know, there's going to be the read it fill in the blank. Yeah. Type of school. There's going to be a more. um, Oh, my goodness. 
I can't think liberal arts sure. type of, you know, literate literature based. Sure. Heavy on art and nature and literature yeah. type of a thing, more of an experience based. You know, there's going to be different. I'm not a read it, fill in the blank kind of a girl myself. Right. Um, and that's, that's hard because when, when we started homeschooling, I wanted somebody just to be like, okay, this month they need to read this book and this book, and they're going to fill out, you know, get through five worksheets of this. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of a more in line kind of a person. And it took years of studying, studying Charlotte Mason, uh, and her philosophies of education for me to be like, okay, take a step back. Like, it's not just about shoving worksheets down their throat Mm -hmm. and feeling really good about yourself as a homeschool mom because you made it through the math book. Like, that's not what we're talking about. If we're talking about our philosophy as a family of being a lifelong learner, I should care less about the actual lesson and more about the child's character and habit in doing that lesson. Um, Mm -hmm. So what like we are with you guys here, like this August is like homeschool prep month for both of us. Right. So what, what's your tactic this year? What do you, what will you be doing? Okay. Well we use, um, it's uh, Charlotte Mason's my, my girl. Uh, but I do having now, I mean, I think junior is ready. He wants to learn his alphabet. So now I will have six students. That's a lot. So that's a lot. Um, so I am, full on with sunlight curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I do like that because um, their scope and sequence is easy for me to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. Meaning like how many times are we working through this, through history, through, you know, mm-hmm. science over the the career of the, the child's education. Right. And it's literature based. So I, I feel like it stays in uh, the Charlotte Mason philosophy and it gives me um, everything that I need. Yeah. So it's, I'll just give you an example. Like Aiden is a very, he loves science. So last year he, and he doesn't necessarily love history, but he needs to know history. Mm-hmm. We all need to know history quite well, quite frankly. Seriously. Uh, so last year, <laughs> hello. Uh, last year he did the history of science. So what I like about sunlight is their core is history. Mm-hmm. And then the language arts and the science and everything backs up what and the literature that's selected mm-hmm. backs up what they're or complements what they're learning mm-hmm. for that uh, particular historical time period. Mm-hmm. But he did the history of science. Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting with Archimedes and ending with the man on the moon, you know, it was really cool. And then all of his grammar and his uh, like language arts and everything any books he read literature wise complemented that. Gotcha. And that's, that's what I love about Charlotte Mason is kind of every, it's like this circle of education, everything complements. And so this year with everything that's happening, I, you know, there's, their scope and sequence has like uh, world history or American history options. And I bet you can guess what yep. I chose for this year. <laughs> we are as a family going to be uh, everybody's going to be in American history okay. this year. OK, um, so you use sunlight for all the children as of now. I do. OK, yeah. Now, I, I do cherry pick. So, for example, Anaisa's curriculum uh all the literature was Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Mm. You don't like Dr. Seuss? I appreciate it. I don't. I it doesn't love do anything. Dr. I don't Seuss. want to sit and read Dr. Seuss to Anais. That's the I only would book read. I want to read. They're so No, fun. I'd rather read <laughs> Beatrix Potter. Okay. Or Tasha Fair. Tudor. You know, like, so I'm, if, or I don't want to do that. So, and then I have other um, more, you know, prettier readers. I don't. I don't think that that's very going to mean very much to her little soul. Yeah. Redfish, bluefish, yeah. you know, so I scrapped those and I'll get my own books for her to use as her readers gotcha. or ones that I already have in inventory for crying out loud. Yeah. And we use teaching textbooks for math. So that's not what sunlight uses for math. Okay. And so I really like that because it's computer. Gotcha. Um, they do it on the computer. And so I usually work with them one on one. Uh, using Abeka for math mm-hmm. until they get to third grade, which is, and that's, I do that because Abeka is hard and I feel like it gives them a really good start. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
we switched to teaching textbooks because it kicks in around third grade. So, okay. So I just, um, I like it cause I can, I can cherry pick and then I can get the whole kit and caboodle at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever looked at Ampleside online? It's like the Charlotte Mason <laughs> curriculum. Are you laughing? I am um, because, um, my view of Charlotte Mason was something in particular. And then I went to Ampleside online and I was like, who the hell is this Charlotte Mason? Holy crap. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> well, I, that's what happened to me is I was introduced to her and I was like, Ooh, Googling Charlotte Mason curriculum. And I found Ampleside <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, that is like above my skill set. I don't yeah. know how. I couldn't even read the I, instructions. <laughs> it's it's incredible it's great like if you can do that that's the wow you're awesome you're the teacher and so you do have to find like I'm sure that Ambleside and I know people who do Ambleside and they love it and I'm sure for them it's exactly what they need as the teacher it wasn't it wasn't in my teaching wheelhouse Uh, well I can't do Ambleside and be a working mom I mean that's what it came down to for me there was too many books I just yeah like I can't read out loud for seven hours. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. But I do love it as a resource for good literature. It's great for good literature. For age, age appropriate good literature. I think Ambleside is a phenomenal resource to keep in your back pocket. Here's another like great print one. Print up the books they recommend for each grade and um, go to the library or order them off Amazon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Read Aloud Revival. We've talked about before. Sarah McKenzie, mm-hmm. she compiles grade reading lists, read aloud lists. I mean, every list you can imagine, like category of books, she's made a list for it. That's read aloud revival. Um, It's amazing. So a lot of times like Georgia, she's just a crazy reader. And so Mm -hmm. I'll just pull up one of Sarah's lists and I will like try to gather as many of them as possible, as many of the books as possible just to have on hand for her so that we have, luckily Stu's kind of a book guy. So he keeps us pretty well stocked, but um Nice. I'll uh, I'll share what we're doing this year because our children yeah. are not as old, quite as old as yours. You've got some older ones. So our oldest is she'll be 10 when we start school and then but we're homeschooling all of them. So we've got four that we do now. Juliet is four and a half and she's very eager to be alongside everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like you can't exclude her from school anymore. Um, but we we sort of piece together our curriculum um, we have done classical conversations, which I know we have a big following of classical conversation families. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that and the curriculum is fascinating. So they do three cycles and you sort of go through those cycles every three years. So every kid will hit on the cycle three times. Um, we are, we're not part of a community here anymore that didn't quite work out for us. Although we loved our community, it just wasn't quite the right fit for our family. But we're just continuing to do the classical conversations um, curriculum at home. And so it's a lot of repetition. The history is amazing. I love the way they do that. Um, The timeline song that they do, the history sentences that they do, it's really tangible for the children. They, They retain it very well. So we have taken certain parts of that and not certain parts of that. You know, we leave certain things at the door. So, for example, I beat myself up uh, for years because I wasn't teaching my children the Latin. So Classical Conversations has a little Latin thing. And there's a lot of good reasons for that that I'm sure my friend Natalie can defend if anybody would like to talk to her about that. But um, it wasn't for us. I never took Latin. I was not classically educated. And so it was a massive struggle for me Mm -hmm. to even be and you know still trying to get my feet under me as a homeschooler and so we we're still cherry picking even from the cherry picked we're still cherry picking what it is that we're teaching um so we use the classical conversations for a lot of the history and geography and such we do story of the world for history as well story of the world has great resources you talk about not having enough time to read out loud I love story I mean, of the world. Get some of those CDs or get it, you know, get the MP3 and it's like 27 mm-hmm. hours 
And the way that they tell the stories, the narrator that they have, what's his name? Do you remember? He's amazing. He's amazing. And my parents were over the other day and for, we were talking about Rome, of course, Mm -hmm. (laughs) classic conversation. And Georgia started reciting this story of the world story that she had listened to. I don't probably a year ago about how Mm -hmm. Rome split and why it split and Mm -hmm. how the whole thing shook out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's really powerful. Um, Yeah. And so, and what's great too, is it's really universal. If you've got kids of all ages, they're all taking something different from it. So you can just put those on while they color their little, you know, history pages or whatever. And they're all piecing together small things, even the four-year-old. It's great. Yeah. Great curriculum. They are. Um, Sunlight has the timeline book. Oh, great. Okay. And so, and we were, we've always done them on our own. So we sort of took our notes and from our three ring binders, you know, and the kids are like, the pages are getting ripped. These are like really sturdy. The child uses it their whole education. You could, you actually, you guys could get some. Well, we have like them there. They have stickers. So depending on what you're studying, you order the sticker pack and, and they're like, um, little miniature coloring book sketches so they can color them mm. in and put them in the timeline. So that's what my kids gotcha. do. They put the stickers in, they draw, they take notes. Gotcha. And um, I had my kids, the younger kids on Story of the World last year, mm-hmm. complimenting like some of the things the older children were using. And then I just keep the CDs in their bedroom yeah. and they listen to them while they play. And then if it's a rainy day and they need something to do, I give Juliet the workbook. I'm like, mm-hmm. do some projects. Mm-hmm. There's great projects in there for all the different chapters. Um, So, but it works. I mean, we will be watching a movie as a family and my kids, the little ones, they'll know, oh, Mm -hmm. this is, I know this story. I know this part of history, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Classical conversations, they do their history timeline to a song. It literally starts Mm -hmm. at like the beginning up till now. And it was amazing. Like I would see, we would mention something in history and the kids would like correlate it into the actual timeline of when that happened, they could drop it in. And they also Mm -hmm. have these corresponding little plastic history timeline cards and they all will have a picture of something, you know, the event, the dates that it happened on the back, they'll have sort of like two paragraphs of explanation and they're really great fodder for dinner conversation. So if we're studying something, you know, some Indian empire or something. And -hmm. we have the corresponding cards. We'll sit down at dinner and, you know, it'll give Stuart and I opportunity just to do a quick little 10, 15 minute history lesson on that thing. And it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. It's so simple, but those are great cards. You can get them online. Um, so we do that. We do, uh, I'm totally blanking. What else do we do? Matthew C is the math curriculum we choose. There's lots of great ones. Saxon's another really popular one. Um, We do Matthew C and then we do explode the code. So that's how we taught our kids how to write and read. We, all of them other than Juliet and we've had great success with it. That's what I use is explode. the code. It's great. Who needs another book or get another another book book. on Amazon. Yep. Yep. Correlate that with some reading and some books. (laughs) Yeah. They learn. It's almost Mm self-taught. It is. I mean, Depending on the child, they're most likely going to just learn to read. Yeah. Like one day they just are reading. I know. You're like, yeah, I didn't even have to well, do anything. I correlate the pictures, you know, with like mm-hmm. all different sorts of activities. I just am so grateful. We had that recommended to us when we first started. And oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet Jesus. That's been a great addition. We keep it really simple, like reading, writing, math. And then after that, I think of everything else as like fun gravy. So sometimes it's home ec, sometimes it's butchering an animal, sometimes it's gardening stuff, sometimes it's a bunch of history or audiobooks because mm-hmm. it's a rainy day. Um, but that's kind of our foundation is like at the during the day, if we can get through reading and writing and math, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. And the rest is just like a lot of good literature, a lot of good character development, good habits. You know, we do foreign language, we listen to books, but that's really foundational. Uh, Character development. What do you, gosh, what do you use for that? Um, uh, So we had Jennifer Scott on at the beginning of the season and she wrote a book called Connoisseur Kids, which we mentioned. Mm -hmm. I love that one. It's great. Five minute lessons. We do it at mealtime. Mm hmm. 
the kids call it the manner book. And it's just on good character traits, how to have a good conversation, how to sit at a table nicely. You know, it touches on all the good stuff. So that's a great one. Um, um, I use that one and I've used the one I've used for years because that one is newer. It's called Staying on the Rails. Yes. That's a great That is book. a, you recommended that to me probably five years ago. Yeah. That's a really good one. It gives one. me all the feelings. Trait. You know, yeah. you can pick one a week. Yeah. Because I think as parents, and we do this with homeschooling too, and we do this in our parenting, like we just try to fix all the problems or make all the things wrong right at once. And yeah, Charlotte Mason would have said with, you know, says with, with character, like in good habits, pick one yep, and work at it until it's created, you know, and that's what uh, staying on the rails does is it takes one, whether it's kindness or cleanliness mm-hmm. and it's got fabulous co- quotes mm-hmm. and encouragement for the mother and just walks you through yep. everything. Yep. It's a fabulous staying on the rails. In fact, I want to go sit down with that right now because we're at that, like clean out the homeschool cabinet, reassess, yeah. plan out. It's one of those Ooh, ones, right? Yeah. I forget that I have it. You know, there is so much. Yeah. It is such a rich experience. You actually forget all the resources you have at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you will pick up a book and just go, oh yeah, this is what I needed. I forgot <laughs> this one. Yep. So, um, I have to recommend this book. I recommended it to you. My sister, like, this is my, like, mantra. You must read this book. Um, and now I'm going to, because I'm all jazzed. Is it the Bible? I'm going to forget the title. It's not the Bible. <laughs> teasing you. <laughs> it is um, Education in the Heart of the Home. Yes. By Elizabeth Foss. Yes. I am going to do work really hard to give her as a guest on the show. Is that book even in publication still? Like, can people get it? They're bringing it back. Oh my god! And that's why I want to get her on the show. Because I had to like go in a back alley to find one. (laughs) Serious. I would always tell people like, look, you might pay a lot of money for this book. Yes. I got mine for 45. I've seen it for 85. I've seen it for 185. That's how coveted this book is. This book for me (sighs) is what keeps me encouraged. Mm -hmm. I listen to a few homeschool podcasts. Uh, you you and I talk homeschooling, blah, 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 but blah, blah, blah. Shay. Yeah, thanks. But, right. You're welcome. Elizabeth. But this book is what tells me. Yes. You're doing it right. You can do it. Yes. Baking bread counts. Sit down with your children. Be patient. Yes. Have tea at four o'clock. I mean, I love Yes. Book. So I've never. You guys can all run to Amazon. There's probably like four copies available right now. Start a, yeah. a bidding <laughs> Seriously. War. It's called Education in the Heart of the Home. It's very much um, Charlotte Mason. And uh, the beginning, what is the significance? There's a significance with the the gal who wrote the introduction. She, of course, has some sort of Laura Ingalls connection. OK, but it's escaping me. Maybe she's the one who wrote the the like the follow-up books about Laura Ingalls, like her grandmother in Scotland and things like mm-hmm. that. But there's a Laura Ingalls connection. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't remember well. reading that, but, but that's a good reminder. I need to, I always bring them out at the beginning of the year and like, I, I need to bring them out every month because that one stays like on my nightstand during the school yeah. year. I have to have it. You it's, just need a little, little nugget of encouragement. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, this is going really fast. Um, I know. I just looked at the clock. On that note, you set these goals for you and your family. You're going to set goals as a new homeschooling family, set them and then decrease them. But I would say by like 30%. (laughs) Is that what you would say? Yeah. I just said uh, grace has to abound, especially if you've never done this before. If you're, if your kids and, and say your children have been, for example, in public school and and you've been listening to the show since we started day one. And we've maybe even homes, Homemaker Chic has introduced new ideas to you of mm-hmm. an enrichment of life and a better, not more and slowing down. And this is going to be new to your kids, too. Yeah. You know, if you're wanting to come at this from a completely different angle, yeah. even if you're just following the school's curriculum at home, please give yourself a ton of grace. And you know what I'm going to say? You're never going to arrive. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's never going to be perfect. Yep. Uh, that's that's not the goal. The goal, like Shay has said, is to create um, 
a lifetime learner, Mm -hmm. uh, a contributor, not necessarily a consumer, someone who craves knowledge, can articulate knowledge, has good character. Mm -hmm. I mean, for heaven's sake, we're looking around. Don't we need a whole lot of more of that? Don't we need a whole lot more? I mean, if we get to play a role in creating more of that, what a privilege. Mm-hmm. I want my children mm-hmm. to be educated, but I want them to be good humans. I want them to be honest. I want them to be hardworking. Um, and I want them to be good citizens and good community mm-hmm. members. And if that's what comes right. out, that's my goal at the end of this all. It's not that they get mm-hmm. some crazy high paying job. I want them to be those things first. And the rest is gravy. So let's, let's remember this as we're, as we kind of wrap up, um, let's remember why we're doing this. What, what are we going to get out of this? Um, I know that this doesn't sound maybe to some of you who are very new to this, like this is a benefit, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, you are going to get a lot more intimate time with your children. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before in the podcast, but if you don't want to be around your children, that means you need to work on their character so that you do want to be around them. You, we we yeah. need to work on creating the type of children that we do want to spend time with, that we do want to be around. And that increased intimate time that we have with our children is truly priceless. And it is a great, great benefit. And listen, I know that if your kids just go to school for eight hours a day and you're home and your house is clean and you're getting to browse Instagram and you can go to Target by yourself, like those all sound really nice, but those are all cheap thrills. Those are not dang girl lasting significance. I love it. Oh, I'm preaching to myself here. (laughs) I love it. No, it's so it's true, but I do. I do think that that's something that's COVID, COVID has brought about. It's it's brought about um, an awareness of cheap thrills, an awareness of idle time fillers, yeah. an awareness of the need for more family time. Yeah, it's a snowball effect, mm-hmm. and and for your family, this could be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. One of those things. You get to know your children so much better when you're with them all day. You get to know. You get to watch their development. They get to spend more time doing their hobbies because, okay, we we should touch on this. Let's do the childness of the child. Well, like, right? yes, let's talk about the childness of the child. And and sort of in that vein, as Shay says, yeah. um, as Shay says, we homeschool, I would say, even on our like full days for maybe three, three and a half hours. Like that's like sitting down book work slogging through stuff, family conversation. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we'll pepper in audiobooks and we'll pepper in hobbies and tasks and chores. And, you know, there's all this other stuff because it is a, a home environment of education, music lessons, right. piano practice. But three hours a day, I would say of like reading, writing, math. It's very short. We're not talking mm-hmm. none of this eight hour nonsense. Throw that out the window. It's for the birds. Well, and uh Okay, now I'm going to be the big girl here. Every state has certain requirements. So if you're brand new to this, you do need, you do need to look at how um, hands-on your particular state is yeah, in the process. That's true. S- some states want to see records. Some states you have to take tests. Ours has a certain amount of hours you're supposed to do every month. But like with what you're saying, when education is an atmosphere, yeah, you're 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 hitting all those hours, no problem. Mm-hmm. So again, just like remembering, you're not necessarily trying to mimic the classroom. Please remember that all those other things count yes. as education. Yes. Not sitting still does not equal education. Right. And that plays into the childness Hello. of the child. So right. if my kid wants to go out and try to, you know, if he wants to go shoot his bow and arrow. Great. If you want to go try and make an arrow out of a piece of some stick. Great. Go do that. Um, go be a child. Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia's not nearly as outdoors as the boys, so she'll sit and crochet or she'll, you know, do something. She'll read. She'll do something. Puts around. She's always creating some. She'll write a magazine on her typewriter because we got her a typewriter. No computers here for our children. <laughs> um, but let let them be children. Let them be children. And um, I think th- the saddest one of the saddest pieces about just the way our public 
education system, the way that we've been brought up to see education is the more time at a desk, you know, ultimately the smarter the child will be. And Mm -hmm. that's simply not true. And you get this time with your kids to say, this kid is that way and they can tolerate more time doing book work. And this kid is that way and they can't. And I know it's a cliche thing to say as a mom, but every child really is different. They all have different learning methods. They all learn at different rates. They all have different habits. And, you know, you, you have to honor that as the teacher. That doesn't mean you don't push them, but it means mm-hmm. that you see them as they are. Like, right. Acknowledge yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I feel like a heaviness. I, I feel a heaviness for I people too. that are going to go into this for the first time because it's so frigging awesome. Yeah. And I know it's going to be challenging. I do kind of, I do so, want to leave with that quote though, because I think it's important for, for people to remember. Oh, Stu came to get my coffee cup. Thank you. Good, sir. Um, We talked about the, you know, you get this honor of being the teacher. You get this honor of creating your classroom. Um, And I'm not saying that homeschools, right, or private schools, right, or public schools, right, or any of those things, because I think that's for your family to decide. But Mm -hmm. as you're going about thinking about what's important for you as a family, there's this really great quote, and I should have looked up who said it. But it's to the end of don't be surprised when you send your kids off to be trained by Caesar to find they come back as Romans. And it's Fody Bauckham. OK, perfect. And yeah. I think this mm-hmm. I think for one, we're seeing a lot of this now. Um, and all of a mm-hmm. sudden these parents are like, wait, what have they been learning? Wait, oh, yeah. Are, what are I, we talking about? <laughs> I just had that conversation with someone the other day. She's like. Mm-hmm. When I finally sat down and realized like what they had been learning or actually, quite frankly, what they hadn't been right. learning. She's like, what? This is not going to produce the kind of citizen I'm I want. Right. She just started connecting the dots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if Caesar mm-hmm. trains, it's a Caesar institution. OK, we shouldn't be surprised that they come back as Romans. And And I say this as an encouragement to you homeschoolers, because what we train them in is what they will become. Like we have this one opportunity to give them a foundation of truth and goodness and grace and mercy and knowledge. And we should, we should grab that and we should seize it. And I want to be the one who teaches my children about those things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my privilege as, as their mom. I freaking birthed them, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to me. I did not want to homeschool. And then I think I've told you this before with, with Aiden's heart condition he was born with and I didn't want him out of my sight. And then one day it just dawned on me, wait a minute, I want to be there when he hears Shakespeare for the first mm-hmm. time. That's, that's my mm-hmm. privilege, not somebody else's. Yeah. I know everybody's going to feel different about that. You know, we have, this show is maybe directed more towards the reluctant or homeschooler mm-hmm. Emergency homeschooling. Yeah, emergency homeschooling. That's Um, good. Yeah. Let's talk just a little bit as we wrap up um, about support. Yes. Yes. And encouragement. So we've got we've got books we've recommended. Mm -hmm. Got the Elizabeth Foss book. Um, What is the homeschool group? Is that HS HSLDA? Like a homeschool legal defense. We should have looked that up. I'll put the links in the show notes. That's a great and very, very, very affordable organization to be a Mm -hmm. part of. Uh, They send a monthly magazine. Mm -hmm. Very encouraging. And then if you were to ever need legal defense, they're there for you. They're also Um, advocates for the homeschooling community. So they're they're the ones, you know, still fighting so that this is still something we get to do. Yes. Uh, there are homeschool co-ops in your area. No doubt. If you're brand new to this, um, reach out and you have other mothers in your community or, or mothers of your children's friends that are going to be mm-hmm. doing this. Um, I encourage a buddy, buddy system. system. Yes. Like go, <laughs> go in together. Maybe, maybe one of you loves science and one of you loves history and tag team a few times a week. Yep. Um, reach out if you have teenage girls that are going to be homeschooling in your community for a mother's helper to come and help you out. In the house, yep. maybe if you have a toddler to spend some time with your toddler so you can grab a few hours to focus on the bigger students. Mm-hmm. Or when you're, you know, maybe really, when the husband comes home, then you get to like go to right? a coffee shop or 
just go up to the living room with some tea. <laughs> right. So you don't have to wear goggles. There's great homeschool podcasts. Uh, Shay and I each have a few videos on YouTube, so I will link those with encouragement mm-hmm. and ideas. I'll link those in the show notes as and well. And this is going to be something that we continue to really flesh out on our blogs because I have mm-hmm. so much empathy. I really do for people that are in this position and need encouragement. And so keep an eye on uh, the elliothomestead.com and parisianfarmgirl.com because I think just by the nature of our situation right now, there's going to be a lot of this filtering in. So do check those right. out. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll give you a, a tidbit that someone gave me the okay. other day. Don't procrastinate on sorting <gasps> out your curriculum because rumor is like companies are selling out. Yes. Don't procrastinate. These poor little gonna small be a, homeschool a, companies. A, all of a sudden now they're just I like, know. wait, what a second was happening? <laughs> we used to only sell five copies a month. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yes. Cue the music, music? Mr. Elliot. And um, we hope that this episode has been an encouragement to you. We love your episode suggestions. We love hearing what it is you want us to talk about. We'll talk about it. So let us know. Let us know over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast or um, email us. I guess they could do that. Let us know what you want to hear, even if it's just more ideas about homeschooling or something in particular that you want to hear us chat about we'll do it at least we'll do it for two episodes next week before we take our two-week break and uh yeah we have great things in store for season three yes and be sure to show some love to our sort of sponsor amazon (laughs) check out our amazon link yes that's where you can buy all your amazon products whatever you need your kitty litter and your elizabeth foss homemaking books or homeschooling books rather and that will help us get our uh store Homemaker Chic store. And once we get that, it'll be really helpful because we'll just be able to have a homeschool store with all of the stuff. So like our spellings books and explode the codes available on it, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You won't have to hunt it down yourself. That'll be great. Well, thank you for joining us here today, my friends. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Please let Apple know if you liked this episode. Go leave us a kind review over on there. We would love that. It helps us to um, spread the news about this podcast. And remember that sharing is caring. So if you have, even if you're not going to be homeschooling, but you, your sister is, or you think it'd be helpful for your neighbor, share the episode with them. Um, because we hope that this encourages as many people as possible during this time. So thanks for joining Absolutely. us today. And we will see you on Monday. See you Cheers. soon. Cheers. Cheers.